0: Let's be honest like a lot of tech companies provide the same products or like this very small differences in features and so to win the battle you need to win before that. Before it gets to like a price competition or a feature competition
1: you need to kind of win the battle of attention. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis.
2: Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SAS So I'm your host, George Cassiodis, and today I'm very happy and excited to be joined by Gwen LaFage. I don't know. Have I got it right?
0: You got it right. Okay, Perfect. That's that's great. That's that's
2: a good start. Gwen has uh, dedicated her career to building strong brands around the world in cities like London, Paris, San Francisco, Stockholm, and the list goes on. She's a creative global marketing leader she spent 10 years in the best advertising agencies working on the world's leading B2C brands before focusing on B2B marketing for tech companies in Silicon Valley and Stockholm. She's now the VP the VP of brand and content at one of the fastest growing tech companies in the world, a Customer Communications Cloud Sync. Is that Cinch. right? Cinch. Okay. Cinch.
0: Cinch. Yes.
2: That's great. <laughs> uh Wen, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
2: So even though I said a couple of things about you, uh, I would like to hear from you when it comes to your like uh, journey uh, so far and how you made that shift from like B2C and working with like some of the world's biggest brands to tech and B2B tech uh, more specifically.
0: Yeah, so um, I, I started in creative agencies, right? Like uh, a long time ago. At the time, we called it below the line. So we were doing like direct mail and maybe I'm dating myself a bit now, but, um, yeah, so <laughs> direct mail, then moving to digital, um, working in, uh, for like large brand Procter and Gamble, Coca-Cola, like very consumer focused. Um, and then with my husband, we decided to move to Silicon Valley. Um, he's American or like, why not? We can do it. Let's, let's just go. And so we arrived in Silicon Valley with, um, no job and after a little while we both started working in tech, um, because that's kind of what's happening there, right? Like so I moved to a um a small creative agency, so B2B tech creative agency. Um and we would work with a lot of like tech scallops uh, I would say at the time like our biggest client was a company called Snowflake and we started working with them when they were 200 people right like so we kind of grew together with them um, and then I had the opportunity to move to Stockholm to open our European office uh, with the same agency I did that for a few years and realized that I wanted to try to see how it was on on the dark side, right, on the other side. Like, let's try to see how it's in-house. And I got the opportunity to start working at Cinch that they were looking for someone to lead their brand team. So it was the timing aligned, um, good opportunity. Uh, I've been there now for almost two years.
2: I thought the dark side is, you know, what what I do, like agency. (laughs) What what you used to do. I don't know. Uh, I've never been in-house.
0: So so, (laughs) so I I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I like. I don't know. I guess um, I didn't know either, right? I had done like my whole career on the agency side, um, and I think I I enjoyed it uh, very much. But I really wanted to see what it was like to be in house and get kind of the um, the whole picture, right? Like I think when you agency, you get to work on only a small piece of the puzzle. And uh, and we were our agency was specialized in in doing brand and website and then sometimes you give the baby to the client and they rip it apart right <laughs> yeah, so, so I just really wanted to like um, have a bit more control on the execution side and like try to follow the whole process and also be closer to uh, to the impact you can have um, in marketing towards the whole. The whole company, right? Like I think seeing the business results that you don't always see when you're on the agency side. So yeah. that was that was a good move, but uh, yes.
2: <laughs> so you are at uh, Cinch and uh, for people who have never heard of Cinch, you know, um, don't know what the platform does. Could you please share a couple of things?
0: Yes. So we are customer communications cloud, um, which means that we, we deliver like um, communication solutions to brands that want to communicate in all of different available ways with their audiences. So um, we kind of help them, we enable or we directly power meaningful conversations throughout the customer journey. And that could be through SMS, um, instant messaging channels, email, voice we basically have the technology who allows them to simplify their communications and allow those communications to happen um it's a very communication is very siloed and it's very tricky because each channel operates quite differently so it's really hard for brands to to get a yeah to to have that that kind of sense of how how to do that like there's a lot of Uh, complexity in the technology in the regulation Um, so we started with with sms as our main channel and that we grew to enabling all the different communication solutions
2: is the ideal customer like enterprises or is this a solution for smaller businesses as well
0: so, um, so, so since just like, uh, a, a, a crazy growth, like, uh, when I, when I joined, uh, we were maybe 800 people and now we are more than 4,000. Um, and part of the growth was through well, organic growth, but also through acquisition. And, um, now we have enterprise go to market, um, self serve from a developer perspective we we deliver apis so a lot of the developers can just like take the apis and build the solutions um and now we have an smb side of the business so if you're like a a local shop and you want to text your customer that their appointment is is coming or you want to whatsapp them to remind them of the appointment like we enable that also for small businesses but at the beginning we we're more focused on like super large enterprise. So eight out of eight out of ten of the biggest tech companies in the world are customers. Uber is a good example. Um Zoom, we enable voice like uh for Zoom. So I think this there's a lot of um super large companies that we work with.
2: I haven't I had have no idea that the company is so big and that it's 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's growing so <laughs> fast. Um Yes. Can I can I ask what was like and what is in general the first thing that you do when you take over like as a um VPO brand and content? Like is it so, competitive analysis? Is it like an audit? Is it something else?
0: So I, I guess um my experience was maybe not the norm and maybe it was a bit special because um I joined at a time when we uh, we already had a rebrand in process and my first job was to implement. So basically in the first few months, um, we had to finalize the brand and launch a new website. So I had like no time to kind of like spend on trying to like audit stuff and analyze that for three months. It was right on like implementation and um, had to just um, directly like, yeah, jump in, right? So I think that was part of it. And then at the same time, we were on a uh, acquisition journey. So in the first year that I joined, we acquired four companies. So, and I was doing... Um, both brand and marketing M and A, so I was involved in every single acquisition that we did. So I think my my first six months or year was not really your typical journey. <laughs>
2: I understand. So, yeah. I mean, yes. it, it, Yeah, you just have to to go with the flow and like what the company's priorities were and what you know what the company was doing at that time. But if I, I mean, yes. if if you had to do it like all over again. What would you say yeah. is, is like the best starting point for someone in your position? Like, what would you say they, they, they should start with?
0: Um, I will say it, 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 you should start by getting a good understanding products do. So in like small SaaS company uh, that, that could be a matter of a week, right? Like in a company like Cinch, our portfolio is huge. So I, even after two years, I'm not sure I understand all of our products. Well, I'm pretty sure I don't actually. So because we have a lot of different solutions and, and APIs and we also have like a, um, the, the telecom infrastructure in a way. So um, I think understanding what the company does deeply and understanding the product deeply, I think is super important for anyone in marketing. And then understanding the audiences, like who you're like um, really targeting, who you're talking to, who have been buying the product. Um, I will say I will start there. Um, and then, yeah, looking into the competitors, but I feel like it's probably more important to because it doesn't, you're not sure the competitors are doing things right, right? So I think like understanding what you sell and who's buying, I think is the first thing that I will do if I'll start a new company today.
2: <laughs> From what I hear, in you know, since since this case, it's also difficult because uh, I sense that the use cases are so many and you have like dedicated SaaS for each of these use cases, for example, just for text messaging, just for chat, like on your website, you know, so, and there are solutions that do just that. Okay. So it's, it's kind of yep. tricky to map out like the, the whole, let's say, uh competitive la- landscape. And uh, yeah, um, a question I have for you is how do you approach uh brand? strategy and i mean what is your definition of brand strategy and how how do you approach it at cinch
0: exactly i think there's like different pillars um of what we call brand strategy like um, uh, one pillar for me has been and it's again like uh specific, I guess, to Sint and our journey, but has been around defining the brand architecture. So when you acquire a company, it comes with like new brands, right? Like you acquire their brand, Um We acquired a company that had actually several brands. So we ended up with like a pretty large portfolio of brands. Um, And I think part of the strategy is defining uh, what is the architecture, what brand do you keep, what brand you retire, uh, what do you merge together. And that needs to align very closely with the product roadmap, um, understanding what, what the future of the products and the consolidation will happen, but also understanding what are the kind of current attachment to the brands you buy and like, do they need to, do we transform them into becoming Cinch and retire them or do we keep them as product brand or like, um, so I think that's one side. The second side that we've worked on a lot has been to redefine our story. So um, to work on our positioning. So now that we had all of those new Technologies and a, a broader portfolio, we had to tell a different story, right? Like what it is that Cinch does. Um, so we spent quite a lot of time defining the positioning and working, talking to customers, talking to like some prospects, aligning internally on like how do we tell that story? And then I think the third pillar is more on the brand awareness side, um, on like how do you actually, once you have those foundations, um, how do you go to market with your brand in a way, right? Like, um, and and what type of campaigns or content do you need, or approach do you need to have to drive brand awareness? So, there's different pillars to the brand strategy.
2: Acquisitions aside, though, do you think that this role is important for SaaS companies nowadays? We are talking about a company that doesn't like uh, go out to like acquire other businesses is it important for them to have a person who's just like focusing on the on the brand side of things?
0: Yes, I think it's super important. I think that's um it it is like uh defining the foundation. So a lot of people think of brand as the visual identity, right? Which is important, I think. Like you do need to have like a strong visual identity to stand out um and try to differentiate, right? Like it's a very crowded marketplace right and you have you might have your list of competitors but in reality you don't only compete with them you compete for attention and a share of your customers wallet right so even if some some companies are, are not uh, your direct competitors they might not decide to get your technology because they will prioritize something out that have nothing to do with you so i think because you need to stand out and differentiate brand play a big role there um so you start with like your visual, visual identity and your story what is the val- your value prop what is like the um yeah the, the the storytelling and how do you differentiate because let's be honest like a lot of tech companies provide the same products or like this very small differences in features um so to win the battle, you need to win before that. Before it gets to like a price competition or a feature competition, you need to kind of win the battle of attention and win almost like the battle of the heart, right? Like if people are a fan of your brand before they even need your product, um, you've done half of the journey. So I think it's super important to kind of have have that, right? Like to really have people that focus on on creating that connection with the audience. Can I ask
2: you something though? And I mean, I'm I'm genuinely interested in that. Do you think that any of these things, like, is measurable? Like, I mean, how how can you measure measure the impact of like? You, you get you, you see where I'm going with this, right? Like, okay, you can say that some some things may be a bit more straightforward, like we we raise our brand awareness, for example, right? Or we get to hear from sales calls that people found us through this piece of content or, or that. Are there any other things that you see? And I mean, can you tie these like efforts to um, actual business outcomes, let's say, or metrics, let's say.
0: Yeah. So the, the ultimate, like uh, how do you measure brand question, right? Like, I think I get it all the time and it, it's a tricky one because, um, the because it's not we're not in a direct response model right like i think with digital marketing you expect a direct response and you have very good way to kind of um see the results immediately um and we are in this era when we want everything immediately right like we want kind of like the 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 direct response now and brand is not like that brand takes time um brand is not like something you just like a switch you just put on and then immediately you see the results so it's tricky but i think you need to look at some indicators of um of of seeing if your brand is is working and i think um the stuff you can measure right like um when you do things right, you should have an impact on, on your organic traffic, um, on your branded search, are people like searching more for you. You can also look into, especially for smaller SaaS company, um, uh, look into social media and kind of like engagement that you get, the discussion you started having, how's your social selling kind of going, or um, customers or prospect mentioning your brand or your people when they come to you, right? Are people coming to you uh, directly or do you have to like reach out to everybody? Right. I think. Um, and also when you sales teams go out to like uh, to prospect, have they heard about you? Right. So there's a bunch of like softer people, um, well, yeah, softer way, I guess, to see if your brand is is having some kind of impact and then and some kind of indicator, right? like leading indicators on like um or lagging indicators, I guess, like on on is it starting to have some kind of effect. Um, but I think the the tricky part with brand is that it's everywhere, right? Like in a way, everybody in the company should kind of be aligned on what the story is, on like how you present yourself. And um, they all kind of impact your brand, right? Because you can ruin your brand with someone just by having a bad customer um, support, (laughs) right? Like, so I think, again, it's, it's why it's not just the pretty visuals, right? Um, it goes away deeper than that. So it's also not one just one person in the company, but I think it helps to have someone in the company that owns it and kind of like help build it. So I think that's um, the, way, the way I see it.
2: As I see it, brand is like connected to mental availability. And what I say for us as, as an agency is that, you know what? what is important to me is that we are part of the conversation. When someone, a person inside a SaaS company or a B2B company, let's say more broadly wants to like, you know, buy services like ours. I just want us to be one of the choices they will think of, even if at that time they choose to go with another vendor, right? But being part of the conversation for like specific reasons, this is very important to me and this concept of mental availability. And also, I see the impact of brand when I have a couple of examples to share. For example, we had a prospect who reached out to us a few months ago. And when I asked them like, how did you find us? You know, this is the first question I ask when we get on sales calls. And they were like, You were recommended by a person who was working at an agency we used to work with. This agency is a competing agency to to ours. And I don't know this person. And I'm like, How is it possible that the person who works at a competing agency recommended us? You know, I guess we are doing a good job like communicating that we are good at the things that we, you know, uh, say we, we are good at, right? or when you get on sales calls sales calls and you see all these different like touch points oh yeah I watched the webinar you did with X and then I read the blog post uh you you did here then someone said something about you in a community and then I decided to to book a call that's f- for me even though you can attribute like where can you attribute this like this lead let's say or client or whatever yeah. there is there is a value there and brand definitely you know, has yep. to do something with, with all that.
0: Well, that's why you're doing a podcast, right? I think like, uh, can you like attribute direct sales to your podcast? Well, probably not in each episode. Like it's not you get like five new clients after each episode, right? But it's like you you build kind of your presence, you build yourself as being like a trusted advisor on on a specific topic. Um, and to me, that's brand, that's right? Like that's how you kind of build that that trust um before people are ready to even buy or they might not be looking for an SEO agency and they're like oh yeah I'm trying to learn about this topic and then they might come to you and then when they think about oh I need like an agency oh yeah well I've been listening to this podcast where they had great advice like you know they make the connection so that's 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 the play. It's not like a, and it's long-term and it takes time. Um, But obviously, if you're doing it, that means that you're seeing some results, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, one thing I would like to ask, obviously, in all these things, we kind of touch on that, which is content, obviously. And uh, you are the VP of brand and content. And I would like to, to know how do you approach content strategy? And also, how do these things overlap? I mean... Is it that you know what our content strategy is driven, I don't know, by like seventy percent, eighty percent by our brand strategy. It's it's here to serve as a vehicle for us to communicate like what the you know, what the brand is. And we have some like 20%, let's say, for experiments or content that's created for, for SEO purposes and so on and so forth. So in a nutshell, I guess my, my question is how do you approach content strategy and how yeah. like how connected it is to to your brand strategy?
0: So content is tricky because I think like everything is content. Um, I mean, a podcast is content, the videos, like blogs. um, You could argue that some of the sales deck or the webinar, like, um, yeah, everything in a way is content. So your website is content. Like, so the tricky part, I think, is that in a way, content could belong anywhere in a marketing team um, because you have very different type of content, right? Product marketing is content and then field needs content. Like It fuels everything you do. So that's a really tricky part, I think, with content is that you have to um, find the balance on what where do you prioritize what it needs to fuel, right? Like, um, and I think it depends a lot of your go-to-market as well on like, um, your sales team needs content a lot. Like they will, if you're sales led, uh, they'll need, they'll have a lot of requests, right? Like, and it might, you need to kind of link to product marketing and, but you need to fill those campaigns. And if you're doing ABM, you need kind of like content in there. So I will say that the, the content approach that we have is kind of uh, almost dual. Uh, you need to have content that is powered by the product. And that's maybe where you have more of the SEO type of content. Um, and then you need content that helps you tell your story, your brand story. And the two kind of needs to connect. Um, SEO is also kind of tricky because although it's everything is is content, there's a lot of different ways SEO can play a role um at different stage of the funnel um although I'm not a huge fan of like the funnel because I don't believe that people come in at the top and go down and then you you know move them until they convert right like they they come wherever <laughs> at any kind of stage they might be looking for a product although they don't really know the brand, or like it's it's uh it's it's not as as kind of linear as we want it to be. Um, it helps from a mental framework to have this kind of funnel concept. And the reality is that you need content throughout, right? Because you need to kind of um appeal to people that are uh not problem aware, problem aware, not solution aware, not brand aware, or etc. Right? Like so, I think you have to have this. This this strategy that that follows every step, and that's where it's it's complex because to appeal to all of it, you need a lot of content. <laughs> so I think our our strategy um, uh, is both way. We have some like we have a podcast that is kind of probably more on the awareness stage that doesn't talk about a product, and and we um, interview some industry leaders on like their perspective of customer experience and then we also do more kind of seo driven type of blogs that focused on uh what people search <laughs> so then those two needs to connect right so yeah
2: i agree with you and also i like your point about the the journey not being linear which is kind of the hypothesis or i don't know assumption upon which the idea of a funnel is based on, but the the reality is that, as you mentioned, like you just try to capture people and capture demand wherever people may be. Right. It's not Mm -hmm. like it's linear. They start from there. What is then, you know, how to, then I'm looking for solutions, then I'm comparing solutions or whatever. It's not like, ideally it would be like that in an ideal world. uh, But it's in most cases, it's not, especially with the competition, you know. that most uh, that exists in in most SaaS, SaaS categories um one of your SEO plays, let's say, is your uh, glossary. I would like to, yes. to know what's our, you know as the ground for for this idea and uh, whether or not the objective was was like SEO or or something else that we may be missing,
0: yeah, I mean it was. It was definitely like an, uh, or oh, it is, I guess, an SEO play. Um, but as with SEO, I don't believe in SEO for the sake of SEO, right? Like I think um, you, you want to educate your audience on things that you know. Uh, and I think it's important to give, I guess, definitions, right? Like, you know, people will search for certain terms. So like, if you can start by, by giving them that definition um and educating them on specific topics and and words, um, then you also participate in like in, I guess, the the education phase. Um but yeah, it it is like I think every company with a uh developed, I guess, glossary as probably a it drives traffic. Um it's just like <laughs> getting in front of the audience and driving traffic to your site, right? It's kind of like the I guess the the objective with with glossary, right? Like getting your site to to rank and driving the traffic. Um yeah.
2: I would like to ask you something completely different as we are kind of ready to start wrapping things up. And that would be the your thoughts on on AI content and everything that's been going on lately regarding ChatGPT and generative AI, generative content. I mean, yep. how do you think this impact? This will impact what we do on the content side, maybe even on the brand side. I don't know if there are any use cases there. And um, so, yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, so we've had a lot of discussions, right? Obviously, like every content team, I think probably have had those discussion on like, do we use it? Do we not use it? How do we use it? Like, um, I think like LinkedIn is full of like, ten tips on like how to use Ch- GPT for for everything. I felt like right, like as uh, soon as like ask them to make coffee and uh, clean your desk. But yeah, so I think um, I. <laughs> From a content team, I think it's something you cannot ignore. Um, I think it is definitely. I, I will think that every content marketers out there really need to take a look at it and see how they can use it. Um, I think that we are still at the beginning of it, so I don't see it as a threat at all. I think like it can help automate or facilitate, speed up certain tasks and certain kind of type of content that you need to write um, that is maybe short and a bit basic, um, I think it has, like, a, a place for that, um, which I think is, is a great tool. We'll see the evolution of it, and it's going to become more and more powerful. I think what's going to be really interesting from an SEO perspective and a search perspective is, like, will it replace the way – people search right like will people search to shoot, shoot ai and it will eliminate i guess this this race to the top of the page kind of right like uh because whatever the ai will like give you might become kind of the answer people might not go and look at specific page so will it change the whole SEO world uh, will be quite interesting to see how how do you see it from an SEO agency? I think like that's probably something you've been thinking a lot about as well, right? I don't think it's there yet, so I don't think the risk is like immediate, but in the long term, this definitely it might completely change the SEO landscape.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, we we kind of monitor the changes. We also took a stance on it. We we will publish the. Uh, a kind of announcement on how we we like use it we use it uh and we experiment with it but we will not use it for con creation right it's interesting though because you know in in, in like in our company we have a, a a form where anyone can like drop anonymous feedback right about how they feel about things whatever and lately i've i've been seeing people I guess, from the content team, content writers, expressing concern about that, like what is the company going to do? Is it going to replace us with AI, which is not what we think about right now, right? Um, So I think that this time is not like kind of the best to make decisions because we, we don't really know. We are in the early stages of adoption right now. Mm-hmm. We definitely monitor the changes and we are close to every change that happens for like better or worse. But we will not use it. Never say never, but right now we will not use it for con creation. For other like tasks, micro tasks, like meta descriptions, title tags, or anything of that sort. Yeah, who wants to do that? Right. But yeah. <laughs> for con creation, no, we, we want humans to to write content. But we will see. No one knows what the future holds, right? And I think that all these things to, to come full circle, I guess, and, and close this episode, come to the, at least for me, I come to the realization that, okay, there will be a lot of content out there, brands competing on like keywords and things like that. But at the end of the day, what like matters is the brand, right? And this like concept of, as you said, I'm winning the battle before people even search or know that they are they 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 are aware of a problem that they have or I'm looking for a solution or whatever, okay? So I'm winning this battle way be- before that. And this is where brand comes into play. And I think brand will become like one of the most important aspects of marketing for SaaS companies. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, I agree. Because I think like... It- thing that AI can't replace, right? It's like your your tone of voice, your personality, your personal stories, right? Like things that that actually makes the content more interesting and unique, right? Like AI doesn't know what you've done yesterday and and what you had for lunch, right? Like I think it's like in you need kind of those very human aspect. Um, I believe like using it, you can definitely have it and you you need human to operate the ai as well right like the content is as good as the person using it i feel like so if the person using it and like asking the right prompt and like playing with it to some extent you can you can get deeper and better but then it will never replace those those strong the storytelling right which i think is is a is super important for for brands in such a way to differentiate because many tech solutions become commoditized and many tech solutions are so similar, and it comes down to features, and that's not where people win, right? They win this kind of battle of affection because we we still, even when you buy for a company, you still buy emotionally to some extent, um, and and I think you you want to kind of like connect with the people you buy with. So I think there's a big human size to it, even in B two B, that you cannot replace right and it's kind of tied to the personality of the people the personality of the brand
2: i agree with you and there are some cases like this in uh, the saas industry like if you like ask someone about automations immediately they will think what you need is zapier right maybe they have never used zapier maybe they've never like yeah. set up a zap with zapier never but they know that when it comes to automations zapier Another example, top of mind, uh, when it comes to heatmaps and like analytics on your web, Hotjar. Yeah, maybe this person has never like used Hotjar in their life, but they know that yep. this is a brand when it comes to like this use case, right?
0: exactly for me yeah. it's like example like gong as well i think that is think like for for sales uh listening on revenue intelligence i think they call it like uh they've done a tremendous like brand work like i have never used gong um but i feel like i know everyone at the company so that's also one thing that is quite interesting they've done a good work of building the brands through the people um and and i think they've they're winning that that battle of yeah of affection, right? Like people are like, yeah, just like really like them, right? So it's yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting. I think like I agree with you. I think that's brand has a, a bright future ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully for people working, you know, in in brand. Hopefully for me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, that was very insightful. Uh, thank you very much, Gwen. Last question I have for you, uh, call to action for our listeners. Where can people find out more about you and Cinch and get in touch if they'd like to?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm on LinkedIn, pretty active. So uh, feel free to reach out, follow, um, DM me, comment on what I write. <laughs> I'll um, I'll be there for sure. And then uh, Cinch, at cinch.com. S-I-N-C-I-H. Um you can find a lot uh, about us there. So, yeah.
2: That's great. Gwen, thank you very much for you know finding the time to do this. Really enjoyed this conversation.
0: Great. Me too. Thanks for having me.
2: <laughs> Bye. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, AHFs. AHRS provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use AHRS Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free.
1: Another episode of the SaaS SEO show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.